like, look, Rick, it's not working. I'm like, my name's Clay, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we think you'd book more if you went by Rick. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome and thank you for listening to Almost Almost Famous, the podcast where actors, writers, comedians talk about the ups and downs, ebbs and flows of working towards making them this crazy biz and how they're almost, almost famous. I'm your host, Daniel Acker. Today's guest is an actor, writer, comedian, and host and creator of the wonderful podcast, The Yellow Pod Sessions. It is my good friend and pure joy to be around, Clay Elliott. Hi, Dan. Hey, man. Well, let's get, let's get right into it. When did you start like acting and when were you kind of like realizing this is what you want to be pursuing? Um, I would say I was acting from a very young age without having done a play until I was much older. Like I was, I was always a goofy kid doing a lot of voices. I watched like a little claim. I would watch uh, Three Amigos, like a TV recorded version of Three Amigos every day from like the age of like four to like eight. And I, my mom would tell stories of like me being, picking up from kindergarten and me doing impressions of Dana Carvey doing uh, George George Bush. So she'd be like, Clay, you're going to do this? And I'd just be like, not going to do it. And she'd be like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> this guy is like doing something. So it's always been a part of me. But I didn't start acting until high school. Mm-hmm. And I got, I was like a sports kid growing up. But yeah, I did like, a, did plays in high school. Kind of got put into a drama class. But didn't really sign up for it. Um, was kind of there and just immediately fell in love. And didn't know that. I mean, the high school I went to, it was a public school that didn't have, we didn't have um, like a a theater space. We didn't have, the theater department wasn't a serious department by any means, but a great teacher, uh, Rob Metcalf, holler. Um, But we didn't have uh, a real professional space or anything like that. And we just kind of, out of room, we put out fold out chairs and we would just do plays that someone said we should do. That's big, great. I didn't realize there was the whole world that you could learn and and school and um, like a real career path and anything like that. So I did a, but I had a friend who had done a program at Cal Arts, a summer program. And she had come back and said, this is something you should do and do a monologue and whatever. And I kind of learned what all that was and uh, ended up getting into this program. And that's where like, I went to a world of like a month long program, Cal Arts intensive kind of conservatory acting program where I kind of, it opened my eyes to like this whole world um of of acting and and the education aspect of it and that's when I that was after my junior year of high school and then I decided to like audition for programs and got into USC where I met your fine self and yeah that's kind of where acting kind of just it kind of it was escalated very quickly from a point I would say so from childhood it was sort of like there wasn't a like definition of it it wasn't clear like oh i'm acting i'm a kid who's doing plays it was just a you were a kid who was performing without realizing you're performing exactly um and then eventually it it dovetails really nicely into theater into actual performance where you're like oh this is this is the thing i've just been doing kind of naturally now it has a structure and a home in a place for sure over the years of of performing and acting you're obviously in saying the funny person uh but do you find do you prefer doing comedy or do you like dramas do you like them both or where do you kind of sit in that spectrum yeah I would say that comedy was always like the the thing you know that again when we talk about when I was a kid it was just making people laugh Mm. was that was it I come from a very goofy family and it was just part of my nature and I would say like improv was the first thing in high school that 
turned me on to acting. I remember like doing an improv in in the class I was in, just as an exercise, and was like, whoa, that feels like me. And so it all started with comedy. I didn't start really doing drama. <laughs> I would say at the end of high school, we did a play version of uh, Marvin's Room, <laughs> which is with, <laughs> with which is about uh, like a cancer patient and a troubled youth. Uh, and I played the troubled youth. So I really got to dig my hands into drama. Um, it was just really funny to look back on because that's like a 16 year old like wearing wigs and having cancer, like having no no life experience that could that could uh, help us understand what we were saying. But anyway, uh, once I got into college, I would say that like um, I had a teacher, uh, Mary Jo Negro Holler again, was someone who taught me about drama and just about how how close comedy and drama are and how how connected they are which was like a, a revelation to me yeah. like the the idea of using comedy um to enhance your drama so from then once i kind of had that it, it really changed everything so comedy is most natural i love it that's what i spend my time writing but um i want deeply to do a drama you know like i love it mm -hmm. i have passion for it so yeah pretty much both yeah that's great and i love that the teacher was able to kind of build that bridge for you to connect the two because it would be easy to just be like well you know i can do comedy i can't do drama like to keep them in separate yeah. categories but to realize they're part of the same kind of you know coin just different sides yeah just kind of like just kind of the idea of like ideas of like if you're at a funeral if you're going through something sad like when you're the when you're the one experiencing the sadness like if, if i went to a funeral recently where the son of the woman who passed, someone who's devastated, was like the one making jokes and laughing at times. And it was like how we use our senses of humor in times, and it makes it more tragic. Like it was sad. It was like heartbreaking to watch this person navigate through that using his comedy and his laughter. It's just I don't know. Mm -hmm. I find it very interesting. Yeah, I I always say I I don't buy a drama where there's no comedy. Yeah, it's just it just sure. feels like well that's it's that not way. life it's i've never yeah. been in a like i've been in plenty of serious situations and there's always humor <laughs> like even even yeah. just a, like a whisper of it there's still something what do you do to personally get into like a creative mind state i feel like a creative mind state almost like finds me if that makes sense like i feel like i'm like when i like sit down i'm like i'm gonna write now I always feel like it's like revving an engine that won't start. It's like, it's like, God, you know, I'm sitting there and just typing and deleting, typing and deleting. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, I'll be like driving down the road and all of a sudden like have to pull over cause like something's like flying in my head. And I'm like, okay, got it. Okay, the faucet's open. I gotta really get this now. But like, so I don't, I don't know if I have like a specific like way of going about it. It's just kind of, I don't know, it's either flowing or it's not, which is probably problematic. <laughs> And I need to figure out a way to harness and be more controlled. But like, I feel like it's just kind of happening or it's not. I'm just like, oh, shit, time to write. Let's go. You know? Yeah, it sounds like it's a potential plumbing problem where it's like, ah, oh, the faucet. <laughs> you should be able to control the faucet. But I hear you. Sometimes you're just like, oh, it's going. We got to get some buckets. Yeah, yeah wait. Oh, no, I've got a, oh, I've got a serious problem. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I feel like some of the training, though, is like you said, when it, does hit you or when it does strike or there's creative ideas or moments it's it's then capitalizing on them 
it's then yeah. it's then writing it down it's then capturing it i have god i have countless moments where suddenly i get an idea and i go oh that idea is too good to forget <laughs> like 10 seconds i yeah. completely forgot it like and that's like the darkest oh the hubris to be like yeah of course i'm gonna remember that and then like literally like you know a minute later i'm like oh damn it <laughs> like and you can and you can like feel it and see that memory like it's slipping away and you're like it's fading, it's fading yeah it's gone. you know like, and I, no. I do that extra thing where i go well obviously if it was if it was that good i would have remembered it's like no it Whereas on a parallel universe, you just booked your first show. Yeah. Like, you got, like your show just got bought because you remembered the idea. Remember that credit. It's also the, the flip side of that coin too is when you like, then you like, you do write it down and then the next day, oh yeah, that idea, what was it? And then you read it and you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, Nothing about that's funny. Like what the hell is going on? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, better to have it written down and realize it's no good than to just yeah. always think that you had that great thing. Oh my god, dude! In college, like I, you know, I smoked copious amount of marijuana, and I like, oh my god, I would just write, I'd write all these notes like when I was so high, and I'd wake up the next morning and it would just be like gibberish, just like gibberish talk, and I'd be like, I could see dried up tear spots, but I was laughing so hard about like <laughs> the word buttercup, you know, I'd be like, what? Like, just, like, just rolling up paper, throwing it away the next day, being like, you idiot. Oh my god. <laughs> But that's where the the habit forms of just writing. You never know writing everything down because it might yeah. it might be gold, and a lot of times it's pyrite. Do you have moments in this business or just pursuing this where you feel like you've you've made it or you've hit personal milestones? I think it's really important to appreciate any milestone that comes around. I think like when I started in this career, it was it was so product end of the line oriented mm. and so it like if when it, when it, you give you so when you look at the marathon and you look at the finish line it's a long race you know what i mean it's like it's it's the it's the hit make getting over this hill getting around this corner or whatever and those need to be appreciated and i've gotten better at that so like there's so obviously there's so much i'm i want to accomplish and so much more i want to accomplish but um appreciating the setting goals and getting stuff done is just is really important you know yeah right mindset to just be like okay uh if it's all end end result that's a limited chance of of success kind of way it's sort of yeah, hell yeah. it's just sort of like well if it's if i only celebrate after i've filmed the thing that doesn't leave any room to enjoy the process of getting to that point Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a disservice because it's also like, it's trying to predict the future and it's, you know, you, you don't know where we're going. We don't know where we're going to be. It's not, but as long as we're enjoying the pursuit and, uh, and uh, being appreciative of the moments and, and the accomplishments along the way, then it's a healthier, healthier way to go about it. I think. Yeah, you know? for sure. And with kind of the milestones and all those things, do you have a definition of success? I'd say my definition of success and it changes right? Because I do think like when I graduated, I was, I was that way of like, I want to be famous. And then like, after years, I'm like, I don't know what that means. You know, <laughs> like, I'm not sure what famous means. And like, if I really do look at that, like, do I want that? Um, so I think my, my definition of success or like kind of my, my goal as it stands right now is like, I want to in a, in a long-term plan, I would love to be able to provide a, for a life, a family being creative, 
writing, acting, whatever that means. So like in very general terms, hopefully that's acting. That's what I prefer. It's what I love, but obviously just the opportunity to provide for a life being creative is, is, is the goal. I would say success in general though, is, is, is that pursuit while maintaining a love of it, Mm -hmm. you know, like doing it in a way that keeps in mind the reasons I got into it. Cause I do think that one thing that's tough is like when, when you've done something your whole life and it was always just for the fun of it to then at a moment to have it be a career mm. that was weird for me it still is weird for me um because you kind of lose the love you kind of it, it 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 becomes loaded it becomes pressurized and uh in these ways so i think it's like my idea of success is is, is accomplishing goals being you know financially stable because of the work i'm doing and also maintaining that kind of love that i've always had mm. I think that's a great way to, to think about it because, I mean, we know so many people who keep doing it because it's what they do. And then you hit a point where you go like, I don't think you love this. <laughs> like, it's not, yeah. you shouldn't be doing it if you don't love it. And I recently yeah. read, I forget where, but it was sort of this idea of putting things, the categories of like, you have jobs, careers, and callings. And I've been trying to think of, you know, what I'm pursuing, not just as a career, but a calling, a reason why I'm doing yeah. it of like, uh, a drive, a passion for it, a love of it. Because if it is, like you said, if it's just the career, I mean, we both know there's probably easier things to be doing. <laughs> like there's- Yeah, no, no, no shit. Yeah, so- <laughs> I'm I, sorry, can I, can we, is swearing okay? Yes. I know I have a couple of time. Of course, of course. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's too hard. It's too expensive here. Mm-hmm. And there's no like, yeah, there's no, like anybody who's ever told me this is how you do it, like, has worked in the restaurant with me, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm like, come on, dude. You know, like, oh yeah, is that how I do it? Hey, bring my plate to table time. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> hey, the secret to making it is hold on, sorry, we gotta we gotta take these people's order. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hi, welcome to the uh, well on the, on that topic, uh, have you received some some bad advice in your career? I received bad advice. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, there is an aspect of like there's so many people out here. And there is no how-to on this. Mm. We have plenty of friends who have who are very successful in this business. And unless they were in like a group together doing stuff, everyone's gotten there a different way. It's just it's it's not the same for everyone. So like I I would say that yeah, you get advice from people of like, oh, this is what you should be focusing on, or this is what you should do. I mean, as far as anything like big you know I, I i've had a tough time navigating especially right out of the gate and that's kind of what i was talking about a moment ago which is once this became a the business side of this you know like the career oriented side of this was like a weird shift for me and so i was seeking advice like right out of school we did our right around of usc we had our showcase you know i had i had some i was being looked at by some agents and managers and I had like I had like an experience with uh, these like two managers who like I just hit it off with who I really liked, um, who really wanted me to sign, and it was a, it was a good company, and I was like wow. And then on the other hand, there was an agency who was who was very at the time a, a pretty big agency who wanted to bring me in as well. And to, like in hindsight, I'm like oh well that's that's the that's the pair we go with that. 
And, but then I had the agent wanted me to go with their management group who they work with and was kind of strong arming me. Hmm. And instead of like standing up, I asked, I asked a, a, a former teacher, like, what should I do? Expecting that this person would be like, you got to follow your gut, all this stuff. And this person was like, no, you go with what the agency wants. I was like, really? And I kind of went against my gut and, and followed this lead. And it ended up not being good for me. Like, like within like, I basically was one of the management group who was like, oh, we don't really know you. Okay. Um, and didn't really, you know, wasn't in, in on team clay and the agency like, and like four months dropped me and then the manager was like, oh yeah, I'll drop you too. It's <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> so I was like, I guess the advice of like, I mean, if, and it goes into the kind of the advice I would give anybody getting into this business or in this business is like, you got to trust your instincts. Like, you know, you gotta, you make decisions. And like you said, there's no right or wrong way to, to get through this career, but like control what you can control and trusting your instincts is like, I just think it's a huge part of it. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's about team clay. Like that's when I, with agents, managers and stuff, I go, I need to just sign with people who I think like me, like and want to yeah. see me do well and want me to do well, not just because it, you know, helps them and it's beneficial, but I don't want to just sign because it's like, well, you're part of the same umbrella. Cause yeah. like you said, like those people just go, okay, you were thrust onto us. Like what yeah. are we supposed to do? <laughs> yeah. Like, look, Rick, it's not working. I'm like, my name's Clay, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we think you'd book more if you went by Rick. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I have a question for you. Sure. Okay, if you had to change your name, like you wanted to get a stage name, they're like, Dana Acker doesn't work. You have to change it. What are you changing it to? Oh, man, that's a good one. I, I personally, I love my name, so I, I've never really even given it thought. What's the first thing that pops into your head? Maybe I could go possibly like middle name, mom's maiden name, like Robert Kaysen. Okay. Like maybe that would work. I'm getting a, a, a strong head shake from my girlfriend who's sitting here supposedly not listening, but she's eavesdropping hard. <coughs> what about, what about like Storm, Rick Storm? Rick Storm. Do you think I could pull that off? Yeah, you could, you could pull off Rick Storm. Is your girlfriend nodding? Yeah, she's nodding pretty, pretty hard on, on Rick Storm. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, well, Rick Storm. I think that'd be it. That was a weird part about graduating. People in my class, we like sat around and the teacher was like, okay, what name are you going with? And I was like, oh, Clay Elliott. And just like, and then like proceeded to watch like the vast majority of people like pick some crazy name. I was like, what? <laughs> Why are we doing that? Also, what a strange <laughs> part of a class. Like, <laughs> like the fact that the teacher said like, look, you know, there's a possibility you might want to do a different name. Give it some thought and then move on to the actual lesson. <laughs> but in <spend> time. <laughs> yeah, everyone went around other saying names that made no sense. I was like, why do you want to go by Aubrey? You know, I mean, I could see like some weird, so weird. Yeah, I, re- I do remember someone, was it someone who said they, like a, a girl in the class wanted to go by Michael and the teacher's like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I was like, don't change your name just to change it. Like, yeah. I think that's my intro into this, into this industry. Yeah. And in, in hindsight, I was like, Clay, you have to be prepared for conversations like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, God almighty. And yeah, unless it's like you happen to have the same exact name of someone who's already famous. Right. Just have your name. <laughs> it's so funny to me. 
Like that's that's look, that's not the difference, you know. It's not like yeah. I'm not gonna. It's not like I would have gotten that if my name had been Rick. You know, yeah. like that's not, that's not happening. Like it's not. Uh, it's not the missing puzzle piece. We would have gone with him if his name hadn't been Clay. <laughs> yeah, I would love his <laughs> casting agent sitting there being like, "He's perfect." Except for that damn first name. But his name's Clay. And I knew a kid in high school named Clay. I didn't like him. So uh, we're going with Rick. But no, keeping, we're keeping our names, listeners. Don't yeah. worry. You'll be able to find us. And if you can't, Rick, look up Rick Storm. I might go with him. Yeah, for, for some action projects. Or if I become a weatherman. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's a perfect, perfect weatherman name. Yeah. Oh, my God. Meteorologist Rick Storm. Yeah, that is 100% works. God, that's great. Okay. That's a name that like, you're born in, you're going to be a meteorologist. Your parents like, have already decided. Like, Yeah, like they've decided for you. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm going into that. On the topic of advice, uh, I want to know, this is a weird one, but what advice do you think Clay, 10 years from now, would give you? Run. Um, <laughs> is that just exercise uh, advice? Yeah, just run more. <laughs> yeah. I'm huge. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question that's tough i guess i don't know i mean i don't know i, I hope that it's continue to trust yourself i don't yeah i mean we like save time for personal life give yourself a break i think that we all like especially we're, we're told when we get into this industry like you got to make it by the time you're 28 because no one gets hired in this or like you know all that kind of like talk and like but because of that i've always felt like the the feeling of like a, a clock ticking you know um and so i put i've put a lot of pressure to get things done sooner and um and it's debilitating more so than that's been helpful so i i really hear you on the idea of the the ticking clock because everyone tries to make it feel like well okay if it hasn't happened you know you gotta you gotta rush to get things done you gotta make things happen but i often think to a quote where someone said you can look to all of history to find the example you're looking for yeah and just realize like oh yeah i can i can focus on the people that like made it at age six and be like yeah. oh crap or I can see, I can find the people who made it at age 70. Like, you know, like you can, yeah. you can kind of pick and choose your, your yeah. outlook and your examples. It's an interesting career in that, like, we also have like our peers around us who we, we watch their success. Right. And so like, and I'm nothing but thrilled for any friend who's doing well. It's great, but it's, it's weird, you know, like, it's, it's like to see someone like, man, they're doing what I wanted to be doing. What am I doing wrong? Is like the first thought, which isn't a healthy thought, right? Because it has nothing to do with what you're doing wrong or right, right? It's just like you were saying, like it's everyone's on their own path, happens at their own time, and uh, yeah, it's just it's, it's an interesting thing to be on, like it's to see those tracks around you. There aren't many industries I, I don't imagine that kind of work like that. Uh, where do you sit with the ideas of becoming rich and famous? It's kind of like in sports when someone's like, "Do you expect to win the Heisman?" Like in football, it's like, no, I'm just going to do what I can, can do on my team. And if, if I'm successful with the team, who knows what could happen? Um, what a weird analogy. So it was, <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of football listeners, right? Um, um. So, that's, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, that, all that to say, yeah, I, 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 rich and famous, it would be a byproduct of me handling my business in a healthy way. 
So like I, my goals, like I said, would be to, if I can provide a life for myself and a family being creative, that's the end goal. Should anything else happen and, and I get lucky and lightning strike caught in a bottle type thing and rich famous happens. I mean, that's, well, I'll take well, money. Money sounds nice. Famous is, is kind of a weird concept. I think, like I said, when I, when I graduated USC, it was like, yeah, I want to be famous. And so like adoration and love and fans, all that stuff sounds, sounds great. You want to be loved. Everyone wants to be loved. You want, you know, philosophical sense. Everyone wants that to kind of have that live forever aspect, like immortality. So that kind of height is, is something I would think about. But again, like, I think when you, when you see people who are like super famous, like it's also really intense. Like, I don't know, like, like losing like your personal space and like your, uh, I don't know, just like being like, if you see like the super fans, I can't walk down the street type thing. Like that doesn't sound great. <laughs> you know, like I remember going to see an SNL show <clears throat> and Drake was the host and that's like a level of fame that like people would have to be like roped off from him at his own after party, you know? And it was just like, I'm like, I'm watching the loneliest man I've ever seen. You know what I mean? Like, that's so intense. So, you know, like, I would love the financial success of being famous to really support a family. And like, we all want to be loved. But yeah, it's it's a weird concept to me. It's it's like, the more you break it down, like, I don't know, fame is is intense. Uh, Yeah, I often find with fame, it's sort of like the answers I hear. It's like, everyone wants the famous where they're kind of in control. Where it's like, oh, I'm yeah. known for these things, and I, you know, I'm respected, and I'm not hounded, and I'm just, I'm well known, but I'm kept alone. Yeah. And you realize with fame, you like, don't have a say in that. Yeah. The the world decides. People around you decide. Like suddenly you're like, oh crap! Like now I, I can't walk down the street. I can't go places. And if that's something you'd want to do, then it's like, well, this is this yeah. is the, the path your fame took. It's weird. It's also like what like has happened in our culture. Like we have such a celebrity driven culture that it's Mm -hmm. also changed in our lifetime. I think what that meant. Yeah. I feel like fame has definitely shifted in our life to be moved from what you've done to just who you are. Yeah. Like just, just who you are is enough to be famous and you can maybe have done nothing of note. Yeah. You are just a person with a name that everyone recognizes and that's, that's all it took. I mean, that's, that's TikTok and that's that kind of culture where you're famous for being famous. And like, that is the drive for especially like younger people. Um, it's, it's just to be famous. And then they are. And it's like, I mean, I didn't, I worked an event. Um, it was, my buddy was putting on like a, he got hired by like Jack in the Box to do a haunted escape room experience thing. And like they were, the guests were all famous TikTokers. And I was working the event and I was just like, <laughs> this is so absurd. Like, I was like watching these people come by and I don't know much about TikTok. Like I'm on it because I post videos and stuff sometimes, like sketches I'm doing, just like get out there. But like the guys who came in, I was like, cool, I'm gonna meet some famous TikTokers. And like the first person that rolls in is just a guy who like dresses like the Johnny Depp, Willy Wonka, but no shirt on and big glasses. And that's, that's all he does, Dan. But like, that's all he does. And so he walked by, I was like, uh-huh. And I was like, they're explaining, like, I'm like, so what does he do, like, in his videos? Is he like, they're like, 
he just like goes around and like talks to people wearing that. I was like, uh-huh. And then there's the best one that was like some dude who dresses up like full makeup as uh, Pennywise and he was there. But the best thing about him was like, like if I, we were like in the spooky like location, like factory, old textile factory downtown and like in, it's dark out and like if he had just like walked into the parking lot and like towards me, I'd been, I'd been like scared. But like he pulled up in like a reasonable car and like like got out of his like Corolla, like full makeup and was like, yeah, damn it, where's my balloon? And then like he's like, and it's like, doo-doo. I was like, oh god, like, ugh. like it's just like everyone walking in was so absurd. Oh. And I was just like, what is what 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 world are we in? What world are we in? Yeah, uh, it's it is so strange when you're just like. And then I also have to have moments where I'm like, am I just being? the typical older curmudgeon <laughs> like it might be like what are they yeah. do they're not famous uh, where's our carrie grant you know and then i just go but they are like they're doing oh, yeah. the, the medium calls for and they're getting you know people are liking like it's tough like you just have to go like i can't i can judge it but i'm like good on them they're doing what they Hell yeah. are doing they're they're crushing it it's also it's also going to be interesting when like i do think like 10 years from now like the cycling of those people having so much interest and fame to then like nobody cares about them anymore like is going to be interesting there's going to be a lot of like rising and falling like it's so short-lived it's such a flash in the pan type world i'm also curious and i don't know if it will it might not just because of you know the nature of technology and stuff i always am like will there be a generation that eventually just goes we don't want to do any of this social media like it's what our parents do. Yeah. Like, will it just become a thing? Like, ugh, no. They'll, they'll be like, like we we're out, we're outside kids. They'll be like, no, and then they'll like turn and with their massive like VR meta world goggles, <laughs> and then they'll like fly away. You know, exactly. <laughs> like, like, like our grandkids are gonna like hover by us while we're sitting in our lazy boys, and we're we'll like, what? Like, get down from there. Yeah. It's wild. Everything's changed, changed so fast. It's going to be a, such a trip to see what our kids, our grandkids are, are doing, man. Now's the time for the show when a person, I uh, bring out the guest roast oh comic. And this man, Damn this me. man hasn't changed in decades. <laughs> this man is not, is not going to change with the times. He's got to. He's got to. <laughs> we'll see. Does he live at your place? Yeah, let's bring out, let's bring out Raz Clifford. Come on out, Raz. Oh God, who am I chatting with? Clay Elliott. Oh, oh God, okay, if I must. Exactly. Oh Jesus. Well, fun fact, Clay was originally going to be named Play-Doh because even his parents knew he'd only be enjoyed if he had the mind of a child. God. But they couldn't name him Play-Doh because he is toxic. <laughs> now I've seen Clay perform and it is, it is a real joy. The joy to watch this man struggle on stage is a sight to behold. Nice, Raz. Gotcha. You walked right into that one, Clay. Yeah, you did. Raz. Now yeah. let's. Uh, what's what do you what do you want to say? You keep chiming. How old are you, Raz? Oh, I'm timeless. What does that mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm a man beyond time. What? Look, when I, when I was born, I was born on Pangea. Okay, to give you a sense, I've been around forever. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've seen. Okay, 
To paint a picture for the listener, Clay looks like a lot of leading men in Hollywood. And by that, I mean he looks like them if they were melting. Gotcha. It's melting. Uh, God, you still got it, right? I never lost it. Now, Clay, you're, you're continuing to pursue comedy, correct? I am, Raz, yeah. And now I, I have to say pursue because you have not reached it. Mm-hmm. Keep at it. Keep trying to do whatever is comedy you say you're doing. A lot of air quotes in there. Yeah, you, sorry, listeners, I'm throwing a lot of air quotes this way. Now, for what it's worth, Clay Elliott is worthless. But now, Rick Elliott, I would pay to see that man. You are just a dumb piece of clay. And I hope you enjoyed every second of this Raz. Boom, gotcha. Yeah, Raz, uh, you know, just, just calling me dumb. You still got it, Raz. If you see me out, just... Uh, just bring me some seltzer. Are you okay, and a hot tea. Yeah, I'm good. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye, Raz. Bye, Raz. Is he okay? I don't know. I'm worried about Raz. I never know. You're the one of the first people that actually inquired that. And I could see it. He got him a little little choked up and he had to get out of here. <laughs> he ran. He's fast he ran for, out of for here. his age. He's fast. He's quick. He's lightning. Now, if not acting what would you be doing now obviously you're doing what you're meant to be doing but if if you weren't pursuing this career what would be the tramp o leans selling them jumping That's on what them I'm talking about uh i don't know you know it's, it's something you have to think about i i i think mm-hmm. and i think like a natural course for a lot of actors and i get why um is getting into like psychology that type of thing i think just kind of mm-hmm. the idea of uh what bring what i love about acting is is in kind of its like purest form is like being someone else in a very like specific way and learning what why the human mind does does why people do what we do yeah spending time in that world and so i think it's a natural move so i think like i would that would be where mm-hmm. i would point my ship towards that kind of thing still being around people and um yeah learning about people and i'm just curious about i'm curious about people and then, you know, and then trampolines yeah. on the side, for sure. Yeah, sure. I could sell a trampoline to a person on crutches, Dan. Ooh, nice. Have you been asked to answer that one on the show yet? I don't want to make you re-answer things, but I'd be interested if you could thought of that. I've given it some thought. And my real career passion would be to become a superhero. It just doesn't seem sure. viable. Sure. Um, no, well, no, well, well. As you know, I'm trying to get a lot of spiders to bite me after they've been struck by lightning, but it just, it's just, it's hard it's to find that spider that survived that though. Exactly. Cause if, it, hard. if the spider survives it, then I know that spider's got something. Yeah. You'll be electric Spider-Man. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, Ugh. that's unstoppable. And that's um, when you go by Rick Storm. Yeah. 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 I'm Rick Storm, electric Spider-Man. Exactly. And people are like, wow, can you like, well, he, this was the right career path. I mean, he, yes. you know, I liked his podcast, but this is better. This is way better for him. Yeah. And that um, name. <laughs> and I've been asking everybody, well, inevitably, when you're a guest on a late night talk show, what is a story you'd love to tell? I'm not sure that this story would be totally appropriate, but I'm going to tell it. That's anyway. why you can tell it here. So let's pretend we're on like HBO. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> so 
I think one of the more amazing things that's ever happened to me is that I, I pooped my shirt. And when I say I pooped my shirt, I don't mean that I was like wearing my shirt as pants or something or like doing something weird and then like something, an accident happened and I pooped my shirt. I mean, I was wearing my shirt like a normal person wears their shirt and I pooped it. Let me explain. So I decided, well, I didn't decide. I was living with two guys at the time who I got home one day and just said, hey, there's this new thing called a master cleanse and we want to do it. And as a master cleanse, and they're like, yeah, we drink lemon juice with cayenne in it and we drink salt water for five days and we lose weight. And I was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. They, they then said, no, we're doing it solidarity. Let's all do it. And I said, okay, I'm in. Let's do this cleanse. The next morning, I have to do a, I was working at a restaurant and I had to take an <clears throat> alcohol course, but at the, like now it's on the computer. Then I had to, those days I had to go to the police station and sit there for six hours. So the night before, this guy who's done this cleanse before said, hey, here's what you're going to do. You're going to wake up in the morning and you're going to make yourself this salt drink. And you're going to drink that. And you need to give yourself 30 minutes because you are going to poop the devil. And like, and then you'll be okay, but you just have to give yourself, like, it's going to happen in 30 minutes. And I was like, okay, I gave myself an out. I was like, I'm getting up real early. I'm taking this. Be fine. Drink this, drink salt drink. 10 minutes goes by, nothing. 20 minutes, nothing. 30 minutes goes by, nothing has happened. My roommate, hey, what's happening? Oh, not many seconds. 40 minutes gone by, nothing. 50, nothing. Hour, I have to leave, nothing has happened, which is alarming. So I get in my car, I'm driving to meet everyone at our restaurant, and then we're going to go from there to the police station and carpool. I have like the dumb and dumber Harry in the car moment where he's like smiling, and then it's like, and he's like, all of a sudden, like, I feel everything happening all at once. So I go to the restaurant, meet everyone. I'm like, I got to run inside, use the restroom, guys, and then we'll go. And they're like, oh, the restaurant, we're just meeting here. The restaurant's closed. Oh, God. Uh, so I look across the street. I see another restaurant. I'm like, I'll be right back. Sprint across traffic. Go into this restroom. Open, close door, lock it, go. It's happening. I made it. It's intense. Scary. I felt scared. But it's happening. And afterwards, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I made it. This is good. I survived go the rest of the day I'm wearing a white t-shirt i walk to the to wash my hands look in the mirror and right like a to the side and above my belly button is, is poop which is the only thing i can imagine is that it came out of me with such force that it bounced off the porcelain up through my legs up above my head and came back down and landed on top of my shirt i then had to go get in the car with people and it's like naturally, I smell like shit. <laughs> so I'm 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 buckled my seatbelt, and I pulled the strap way up over it, and I put like the window down. And meanwhile, the whole ride, people are like, "Dude, who's farting?" And I'm like, "Yeah, someone's sick." I'm horrified. For six hours, I'm in a police station, covering myself with my arm like I'm wearing a sling. Terrified. I got home that day, went bought a subway sandwich, went home, and was like, "I'm out. I'm done." You guys enjoy. Like that was it. So that was my master my master cleanse experience and my pooping up my shirt. Well, that is just a twist on an old favorite. <laughs> you know, often people will have their like I poop my pants story. I have never heard yeah. of poop my shirt. That is incredible. I'm still shocked by it. Yeah, that's gotta haunt you. Yeah, I don't even know like that would be a question to ask of 
a physicist of how how, how that's possible. Yeah. I, I, my very first, I thought you misspoke about physician, but you're right. Physicist. Both. Because I do want to know just how, how that could possibly You want to get a whole team involved on this. Well, Clay, what's some, what are some things you have in the pipeline or things you're working on for the listeners to check out? Yeah, so I did a lot of writing over the pandemic, as some do, which was nice as far as uh, having pages of notes of, of, of sketch ideas, that type of thing. So did a lot of sketch writing and been doing a lot of filming of said sketches. Got that coming out um, on, and that'll be YouTube. That'll be everywhere. I'll post that. You know, check my videos out on YouTube and stuff like that, you know? Wonderful. Well, thank you, Clay, so much for hopping on and chatting. Yeah, man. It's good to get to talk to you. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. Everyone, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Daniel Acker, and this has been Almost Almost Famous.